United States Institute of Peace, along with Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124, now present their weekly podcast. Let us turn our attention to the Middle East. It is an area where, obviously, we are always focused. It, it is a hotbed, and there are actually some interesting developments there. An agreement, a pending agreement between Hamas and Fatah after 10 years of being divided could have very big implications. We bring into the conversation Neil Kritz. He, Neil J. Kritz, a senior scholar in residence at the United States Institute of Peace, and the Twitter handle is at USIP. Neil, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here today. Thank you. Good morning, Tim. I can't imagine that people are not familiar, but please explain Hamas and Fatah for those who are the uninitiated in our audience. Uh, certainly, in brief, um, Fatah is the prominent uh, Palestinian faction that has been uh, in control, the dominant faction in control of the Palestinian Authority and uh, Palestinian politics um, for uh, uh, decades. Um, and basically con- runs the Palestinian Authority. Hamas is a militant uh, faction. Um, they had been in uh, coalition briefly uh, after Hamas won elections um, in 2006. There was a breakup. Hamas took over and uh, threw out Fatah from Gaza uh, 10 years ago, and the Palestinian uh, political entity as a result has been divided for the last 10 years with uh, Fatah and the Palestinian Authority running the West Bank um, and Hamas in charge uh, in Gaza. They have now recently announced um, with uh, significant uh, uh, pressure and intervention uh, from uh, Egypt in particular, a reconciliation agreement uh, that in theory should uh, end this uh, division uh, between the Palestinian uh, entities, uh, and, and which and what, is due what, to be implemented over the course of the next month and result by December 1st in the Palestinian Authority reassuming its role uh, in Gaza. What would be the, uh, I guess, the uh, the implications of that kind of a reconciliation? What would it What would it mean for the governance in the region and the alliances in the region? Uh, well, several things. For one, um, uh, the Israeli government, among others, has said for many years that in terms of any potential negotiation over resolution of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, um, that it's not possible to negotiate if there's not a single uh, Palestinian negotiating partner that represents the entire people. And so long as the Palestinians are divided with the Fatah and the Palestinian Authority only representing uh, half of the people in the West Bank, um, that they would not be uh, in position to negotiate an an agreement. So um, reuniting uh, Palestinians is important from that perspective, Um, although we can talk about the Israeli uh, reaction, uh, negative reaction so far to this reconciliation agreement. Um, More broadly, um, this uh, uh, reconciliation um, is very much linked to broader politics in the region. Um, so this uh, represents a strengthening of Egypt's role, central role, uh, as one of the key uh, players uh, in the region. Uh, Hamas, uh, at the same time, has received um, some of its principal support, um, in particular from Iran and Qatar, 
um, they, of course, um, are uh, uh, in conflict uh, and in tension with uh, the Gulf states, Saudi Arabia in particular, the United Arab Emirates and others. Um, and so this uh, reconciliation effort is taking place against that backdrop as well. Uh, to the point. Jordan, Jordan uh, according to uh, a, a recent report, um, has expressed at a minimum uh, mixed views with respect to this reconciliation effort, as well as uh, reportedly some concern as to um, the potential for Hamas uh, taking on a larger role uh, both in the West Bank and then potentially in Jordan, given its uh, um, close ties to its uh, original uh, mother organization of the Muslim Brotherhood. That's a significant concern to the Jordanian government as well. So all of these dynamics uh, uh, necessarily uh, can't be uh, viewed in a vacuum, but against the backdrop of these other uh, political uh, uh, tensions in the region. What is the advantage for the U.S.? According to the New York Times, uh, you know, President Trump's special envoy to the Middle East had visited Cairo last week to help move these talks along to actually try to to facilitate these talks. What's the U.S. advantage to this reconciliation? Well, primarily uh, the fact that uh, President Trump has stated uh, repeatedly, uh, as referred to uh, the potential uh, resolution of the long-standing Palestinian-Israeli conflict as the ultimate deal that he would uh, like to achieve. Um, and again, uh, it uh, will not be possible to achieve that deal uh, or to make significant progress on it so long as the uh, Palestinians remain divided between uh, the West Bank and Gaza. Um, and so having some kind of a reunification um, is a prerequisite um, for that uh, progress. The U.S., um, has, on the one hand, along with other members of the uh, Middle East Quartet, um, has encouraged this uh, effort and uh, has uh, encouraged the Palestinian Authority to, to reassume its responsibilities for governance uh, in Gaza, um, but at the same time um, has uh, reiterated uh, the principles that have governed this question uh, for uh, many years, uh, namely an expectation that all uh, parties, including Hamas, um, would uh, renounce the use of violence, would recognize Israel, would respect uh, past agreements that have been struck between uh, the parties. Um, and um, President uh, Mahmoud Abbas of the Palestinian Authority um, has, um, on the one hand, uh, said firmly that um, this reconciliation um, will require uh, that uh, what he's referred to as the one-gun policy, namely all uh, arms uh, need to be under the control, central control of the Palestinian Authority, and Hamas cannot uh, run its own show in that regard. Um, at the same time, um, he has uh, said that this won't happen overnight, that this will take some time. And Hamas has 25,000 uh, men under arms, um, and one of the key issues uh, to be uh, seen over the course of the next month um, is how they will resolve that issue. In the reconciliation agreement, they have not yet uh, addressed the question of how uh, control over security will work in Gaza. Uh, Hamas has said they will not relinquish their arms, but, but they have also hedged their bets, and Yahya Sinwar, the 
head of uh, Hamas in Gaza, has also uh, been reported to say that uh, all arms should be under the control of the uh, PLO. Uh, um, not clear exactly what he means by that. Uh, um, and uh, again, his counterpart, uh, Mahmoud Abbas, has said we need to be in charge of uh, all arms, but has also said that 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 will take some time and won't happen automatically. They need to come up with a clearer answer to that over the course of the next weeks, and that will be one of the key things that will determine whether this reconciliation effort succeeds as opposed to the half dozen uh, times that they have tried reconciliation in the past 10 years and failed. And what's the Israeli reaction to this? So the Israeli action has been interesting in that uh, they have stated, the, both the Israeli cabinet and Prime Minister Netanyahu uh, in particular, have um, stated that they are opposed to any reconciliation uh, effort that does not involve the disarmament of uh, Hamas um, and uh, the uh, uh, commitment to uh, you know, peaceful negotiations. Uh, they have stated a series of conditions uh, for their acceptance of this agreement, um, including the return of Israelis, both uh, uh, killed Israeli soldiers from the 2014 uh, war in Gaza, as well as uh, Israelis who are currently captive uh, in Gaza. Uh, they've stated a series of other conditions. Um, and have said that they will not accept this reconciliation agreement uh, and negotiate with the Palestinian uh, uh, side unless each of these conditions are met. On the other hand, it's important to listen to what the Israeli government has not yet said. Um, so while they have expressed their uh, doubts and concerns about this agreement, they have not said, as they uh, have at times in the past, that they would uh, stop the transfer of tax revenues uh, to the Palestinian Authority, on which the Palestinian Authority heavily depends for its uh, economic uh, life. Um, they would not take other punitive steps uh, against uh, the Palestinian side, which they have done in the past. So the Israeli government, to some extent, is also uh, can be seen as, as hedging its bets a bit as this reconciliation effort moves forward, uh, they, along with uh, the U.S., because, again, the, the U.S. is uh, eager to uh, see this uh, split resolved, um, because without it, uh, that's a major stumbling block to a significant U.S. initiative to try to finally resolve the conflict. We will monitor the Israeli silence, uh, in, among other things. Uh, Neil, thank you. We didn't even get a chance to get into Iran and Saudi Arabia. We'll have to leave that for another date. But thank you for joining us on the show. Thank you. That is Neil Kritz, who is a senior scholar in residence at the United States Institute of Peace. The focus on the reconciliation between Hamas and Fatah, the consequences of that, how it is viewed, the importance of it. And uh, we just thought we'd p pay a little attention to it because it, by the way, is pretty important. Uh, the Twitter handle is at USIP. This podcast has been brought to you by the United States Institute of Peace and Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124.